Hello, everyone, and welcome back to What's Your Mess? Mental, Emotional, Social, and Status of Life. I am your host, Tracy D. Armstrong, and we have another special guest with us today. We have Dr. Arthur Sugar Trask. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Dr. Sugar. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to be part of your platform on today. Yes, I am Dr. Arthur Sugar Trask. I reside here in the Houston area and I am a uh, television personality, an author, a chef, a great, fabulous, great aunt, and um, a motivational speaker, transformational speaker, actually. And I just like helping and changing the minds of people to where they know that they can go and become that person, no matter what it looked like, no matter what it seemed like, no matter what other people said to them. And so that's what I get. Uh, I get an opportunity to do is to use the talents and the gifts that God has given me through healing, a healing ministry, through cooking, through the cooking show, through the books that I have. So I'm just, um, I'm enjoying what God has allowed me to do. And that is to be in front of his people. Amazing. Those are some great qualities and characteristics that you have. Those are some awesome things that you are doing. So let's talk about it because I know that you haven't always been at this level of life that you are right now. So let's go back. Let's dig into what are some of the messes in life that you have had to clean up and come out of? Well, we're going to start with me coming out of, because on February 3rd, my mother went in to have me at Parkland Hospital in Dallas. This is in 1954, where coloreds had to use the back, and uh, we don't serve your kind, and things of that nature. Well, the doctor told her that I was dead. I was stillborn, that uh, they gave her a shot. They told her to come back in six days for a DNC that the shot that they gave guaranteed the baby is dead, but you're going to feel like you're going through, she's had two other previous children. You're gonna feel like you're going in, uh, having contractions and having a baby, but we guarantee you that you're not. Again, 1954. So that mess <laughs> I had to come out of, my mother called her father, which is was living in Muskogee, Oklahoma, and to come and get her because she was dying. And so he drove down, got her, and on the way back to Muskogee, uh, she passed out and uh, took her to one hospital on one side of the railroad tracks, and it was just filthy. He mm. picked my mother back up, put her back in the car, took her to the other side of the tracks, walked straight in. He wasn't paying attention to nobody because this was his daughter, and handed my mother over to them and said, my baby is dead, dying, and so is the baby inside. And so they didn't escort him to go around to the back because he was pretty forceful at that time. And so when the doctor came back out and said, no, sir, your daughter is alive. 
and the baby is alive. If you just give her some time, she does have an infection. So we're going to have to treat her, but everything will be okay. And so that was February 9th, 1954. I was born. So that mess <laughs> is a mess that I had to come out of because there was destiny at that time. It was mm. destiny upon conception. There was destiny that God knew no matter what the enemy, no matter what uh, the enemy meant for evil, God had to turn that thing around, turn that mess around. So anyway, I'm here today to be able to share that story with you. Now you would think that that would be a bit much, but however, I am celebrating my 26th uh, Labor Day weekend, clean and sober. So I was a pharmaceutical addict at the age of 15. I contracted a venereal disease, which sterilized me. So I was unable to have children, yet I'm a mother to hundreds of children. And that was another mess that I had to come up out of is uh, the drug addiction, the alcohol, uh, the prostitution, and, and every dark step and darkness that goes along with that lifestyle. So you would have thought, well, okay, after five, another mess. <laughs> but what I like to tell people is just don't quit. Don't quit. Don't stop. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. No matter what it seems like, no matter how bad it is, don't give up. Because inside of me, I knew one day I would be on Tracy D. Armstrong's show talking about what's your mess. I knew inside of me one day I'd have my own TV show. I knew inside of me, but the demons in here wasn't allowing me. And so then as I progressed on, that was for 31 years of my life. Uh, the other big mess was the suicide attempts. And there was five suicide attempts. So when things get that dark and all, and I want your viewers to understand, all I wanted to do was to get out of the pain, the pain of molestation, the pain of rape the pain of sexual abuse. I had been raped so many times as a young girl that, um, you know, it became a part of life. If you can kind of mentally uh, grasp hold of that, it was like, who is it going to be this weekend? Even if I was at my home, it was happening in my home. If I went to a girlfriend's house, it was happening there. If it was a brother, an uncle, a friend of a brother, so it was, those were the kind of messes that led me into the spiraling down of the drugs and the alcohol. And then remember, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a hippie. I'm a child of the, the 70s where, you know, make love, not war, and all the THC and the acid and the masculine things that the kids don't even know about today. And so we created a lot of it with me living in San Francisco. So there was a lot of going on that contributed, but most of it was the pain, the guilt, the shame. You know, I was a very large girl at size, you know, at age of 12. I'm only 28 pounds heavier than I was at 12 years old. So growing up, 
If you have a large daughter, a large granddaughter, a large niece or some a friend's daughter is large, really stay close to her and let her know that even though you look like and men will take advantage of you if you allow it, you say something. See, I never said anything. Mm-hmm. And I was eating across the table from one of my perpetrators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just don't give up. And those were the messes that had me entangled and entwined, you know, and I, I, I share with people, uh, Tracy, that I was born again. I was spirit filled. I was teaching Sunday school. I was the president of the women's department and I was a crack addict. Mm. Drug addict. I was an alcoholic. And uh, they kept telling me though, I, I love the church that I was in because they, when I was, I was good, I was good all the way across the board, but then I would relapse and those voices would come back into my head. You know, and I knew that death was going to be the only thing that would take that pain away. Well, after the fifth suicide attempt, I said, well, God, I guess I'm still a failure. I failed at suicide. That was the greatest thing. And that was like here in Houston. I was raised in Minnesota, traveled around a lot. But that was even just, well, I was in Galveston here. And then from here, I went to Galveston. And that's when I uh, got sober was in Galveston. But uh, it's been a journey, but I wouldn't trade it. Understand those of you that are listening, I would not trade, not even being able not to have children. I would not because that came from a rape as well and uh, the disease, but I would not trade anything because it made me the person that I am. It gave, I give God the glory. He gets the glory out of knowing how I fought. I fought in my mama's womb. I fought on those streets. I, I, I fought, but you know, the victory, the victory is here today speaking with you. Wow. You just unpacked a lot in that, those few minutes right there. And so I, 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 wanna, I wanna go back a little because you, you unloaded us so much. I wanna go to, you, you mentioned the pain. And a lot of times the pain is what kind of caused the spiral of all those other things and traumas that happened. So let's talk about, I want to go to how did that pain affect you mentally? You kind of started touching on, I want to kind of go back to that. Could you address the mental mindset that you had when you were going through the trauma? Well, drugs. Drugs played a large part. I was a pharmaceutical addict at the age of 15. My belly's been cut up in eight different times. So uh, yeah, so it was was the drugs. That, That was my coping mechanism because again, I didn't share that with anyone. And Minneapolis is where I was a 
raised. And the doctors there, again, it was all experimental. And, you know, it's an experimental city, the hospitals that's there. They do a lot of first. Minneapolis is known for some of the first. And so in the crowd that I was in, you could get anything because the majority of the girls I was hanging with, their father or mother, grandfather or grandmother was in the medical field. So we had all the drugs that we needed and wanted. So mentally, I knew if I stayed high, I wouldn't feel the pain. And if I felt the pain, I knew I could do something else and take more, drink more. And eventually it comes into your, your brain waves. That's the way of life. Um, for instance, if the, if the uh, prescription bottle said, take one four times a day with food or water. My mind was so sick at one time, Tracy. I thought it said take four with gin. Hmm. Wow. And that's, that was my way of life. Uh, going through school, you know, I was always, you know, one of the top three in the class anyway. So my studies was never altered in school. I was the baby of the three children. And, uh, you know, my mother had a very good job. My dad had a very good job. So by the time I came along and I was 15, well, my brother was 23. He was in on to Vietnam. My sister's four years older. Oh, and I meant to say that I was born. My mother went in to have me on the 3rd of February, which was my brother's birthday. I was born on the 9th of February, which was my sister's birthday. So we celebrate. I did cut my, and the, pre, the two other pregnancies were C-section. So I did come out of my brother's scar and oh. I was born on my sister's birthday. And my ministry's name is Scar Free 03 Ministries. Okay. Okay. Wow. So in, in, in coping that the mechanisms that I used for the pain was staying high. And then if I was raped, if I was molested, if I was whatever, you know, I, I was high, you know, and then I knew at the age of 15, well, really 16, because that would have been the third surgery that I was not going to ever be able to have children. And see, I don't remember which rape did I contract the venereal disease? So I don't know if I had it six months. I don't know if I had it a year, but it destroyed my female organs. So it was a, a period of time. It wasn't two weeks. Mm -hmm. yeah. And how did, that, how did that affect you emotionally? Like, I know emotionally that had like all of this emotionally. Well, emotionally, for a very long time, I felt worthless. I actually felt like a piece of trash. And because of what I had done, I did it to myself, even though I had no control over a lot of the things that was being done to me. And uh, I did not, oh yes, okay, this is one. The cologne that two of the perpetrators wore way back then, one, I don't even know if they make it or not. One was called English leather. Mm -hmm. And the other one was called Jade East. 
-hmm. And oh, there was three, uh, Old Spice. Those were mm -hmm. them. For years, I would even be in church and one of the people I could pass and a guy might pass or the deacon might pass and he'd have that on and I would get angry, violently like wanting to strike out at them. Ang I mean, I was angry. Oh, I was, it would be, I could be in the grocery store or at the movie theater. I could be in the mall and somebody would pass and have that on and I would get angry. And that affected me a long time. Now, you're not going to find anybody really wearing it, but Old Spice, yes, it doesn't bother me at all. But I've been healed. You know, it's taken quite a few years of healing, but, uh, you know, that was something. And then knowing not being able to have children and then the girls I went to school with, you know, they had children and, you know, some had children early. So I've always been a great auntie. I've always been Mama Sugar you know, things like that. But early, the earlier parts, I didn't even want to be around children. Mm. Oh, oh no, 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 no. But now children are part of, are, is my life really. Because I have so many nieces, nephews, great nieces, great, great nephews, great, great, great niece and nephew. So, but yeah, uh, and you know, I, I covered it up an awful lot by staying, like uh, going into cosmetology school you know, and having the salons. Well, cocaine and alcohol was rapid. You know, it was kind of part of being in the hairdressing uh, industry, so to speak. And so uh, again, I never shared with anybody. And so, you know, that was just something that inside just always stayed inside because one, I didn't want anybody to think negative of me, think badly of me and uh, which they were probably doing anyway. But in your brain, when you're dealing with a sick mind, a tormented mind, you don't think rationally. Right. Right, right. So you were actually, you were just, you were going into the direction that I was about to ask you about. With your mind and not being able to talk to anyone really about the situation, and going through it mentally, emotionally, that had to have affected you socially. Like you were starting, you were saying how you really didn't like being around kids. You, you know, you had triggers when it was certain smells. How were you socially and interacting with people with going through these situations? I interacted socially with other people doing the same thing I was doing, and that was drugs and alcohol. That was the crutch. That was the way in. That was the way out. If that was the way to wake up, that was the way to go to bed. You know, because the more I worked, the more money I made, the more money I made, the more drugs I could do, the more drugs I did, the more work I could do. And it's a vicious wheel. It's a vicious, vicious wheel that never stops. It continues and continues because after a while, the numbness you become numb to just regular, normal, everyday mm -hmm. issues. And they'd say, oh, well, you know, and I, well, they'll say, I, I functioned very well. You know, I, I made lots of money. I functioned, I had businesses. 
you know, I, so it was, uh, again, being in the hair industry, being in the beauty industry, and then living in Hollywood, living in California, it was just, everything was acceptable. Mm. There wasn't anything that wasn't acceptable. So with all of that being said, you got to tell everybody, how, how were you able to clean up your mess to get to the point where you are today? Well, I'm going to take myself back to uh, Galveston, Texas. In between there, I got married and divorced. I was married for 22 months. <laughs> we were together five years, but we was only married 22 months. I was active in my addiction and I was smoking crack cocaine for 13 years. So, and there was times I went to five treatment centers. So there was, but I never did it for me until the very last treatment center. The other treatment center and the other treatment time, it was for my family. It was for my husband. It was for his job. It was for the church. It was never for me, you know? And so this particular time, I was leading the NA and AA meetings. It's called Our Daily Bread in Galveston, Texas. Dr. Judy was the overseer of it. And this one particular time, lunchtime meeting was over because it was always at noon. So it was one o'clock and I'm on my way. Boom, put them chips up. I was handing them chips out and everything. And I knew that it was a time coming because prior to that was the fifth suicide attempt. And that mm -hmm. occurred at Greens Point Mall. <laughs> Why do I live five minutes from Greens Point Mall now? You know, but anyway, <laughs> I have to go past that. You know, every day I go to work and come home, I'm going past that. I'm thinking, oh my God, 20 some years ago, look what I was attempting to do. But anyway, I said, okay, I'm ready to go. And I didn't know that Dr. Judy, Sister Judy rather, knew my biological real name. And she looked at me and she said, Sheila, if you go out these doors today, you're going to die. Hmm. I have not had a drink. I have not had a drug. I have not smoked any cocaine. I have not turned to trick. I have not done any of those things since she made that statement. And so my brother comes by and uh, he says, hey, you wanna make a run? Which he smoked dope as well. And I says, no, 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 I'm going to treatment. Well, he already knew I went four other times. He says, well, God bless you. And here's some money, you know, because, you know, he, he gave me a hundred dollar bill. And I says, no, Joe, this time I'm going to live. I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. And, you know, like I said, I've been in church. I'm in church. I'm out of church, in church, teaching church and all this kind of stuff. And so um, they called down to Freeport. Brazos place is the name. And uh, there was no rooms. And then the lady that started Ada House, she came by and we're looking at about 4.30 now. Well, the office closed at five. And so they said, we have no beds. I says, you have a bed for me. She says, no, we don't have a bed. And so 4.47, the phone rang and they said, can you get her down here now? I knew there was a bed for me. Right, right. I knew, I mean, I, I knew, and it was my time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was my time. And so I never relapsed. 
I never got off the wagon. I never took any of their drugs. Why would you give a drug addict drugs to get off of the drugs that they're on in the first place? Right. I, I, I didn't understand. And I was watching the other people that was in there and drinking coffee, like pots of coffee. Well, that's, you know, and I'm thinking I'm coming off cocaine. I'm coming off crack. Why would I want to do that to myself? So I, I did none of that none of that at all. I made my meetings. I rode and, you know, did everything else that I was supposed to do. And then I says, okay, God, if this is it, then let it be it. And that was it. So. And 20, you said 26 years, right? Yeah. 20, 26 years. This will be my 26th, uh, 26, uh, clean and sober. What's coming up, uh, Labor Day weekend. And how, how have you been able to mentally, emotionally, socially, because I know people, there's still people around that still may do what you were doing, or do you, do you not socialize? How, how were you able to stay clean and free for the past 26 years? I changed the places I went to. Okay. I changed the people that I was around. I start thinking on the things that they say, that think on in the Bible. I put myself in the presence of other people uh, to be able to help them, to be able to. And then I, I'm, I, I got involved with a, a, a help ministry. And so that helped an awful lot. And I'm kind of like the person that once my mind is made up, like if I'm finished with you, I'm through with you, I'm through with you. If I'm finished with coffee, I'm finished with coffee. I'm not going to dibble and dab and doobity. No, I'm not going to do that. And that's kind of like been my way all my life. And so when I was finished with death, mm. I took death to the curb and said, I've got the victory over death. And I've lived that. And I pray and I pray that. And I mean, daily, you know, because I'm just one step away one corner away, you know, one thought away, you know, and sometimes I say, oh, you know what, she would be nice to have a tangerine tonic. And then I say, fool, what you mean it would be nice to have a tangerine tonic? You know what's at the end of that tangerine tonic? No, it would not be. And I'll say, okay, self, thanks for visiting me today. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You gotta talk. Hey, guys, you gotta talk to yourself sometimes. I'm telling you that self talk will talk you out of doing some things that you know you don't need to be doing but I've, I've not had a desire uh even going out um you know and people will order like a virgin margarita what are you wasting stuff for or a virgin daiquiri or a virgin pina colada all that is is sugar no, 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 no. I didn't drink the ones that had the alcohol in it. You know, I, I, I was hardcore when I was drinking. But uh, no, I didn't want all that fluff, fluff. Fluff, fluff <laughs> never excited me. But you know, one day at a time, I'm looking at what I have and I've achieved and God has opened the doors. Of course, I could not do that without his word. I could not do that with the people that uh, has been surrounded me over the 20 some years that I'm still surrounded by. 
you know, and then when I got into the ministry, I went into seminary, when I got involved with Red Cross, and I became a chaplain, you know, so I mean, there's things that I did and involved myself in, because I knew that it would put me back in the atmosphere of those. And mm -hmm. if I can pull one out, Tracy, just one, then I know everything I've been through was worth it. Wow. And with that being said, if there is someone out there listening right now that's going through some of those same messes that you have gone through, what's some advice or what could you suggest to them today that they could do so that they can come out of their messes also? First, you need to get real with yourself. You have to acknowledge the fact that you are in this mess. Acknowledge the fact that it's not all your fault. You're not responsible for that that happened to you. Understand that today, 26 years later, 26 years ago, we didn't have all the resources that we have openly now. You know, you can Google anything today where you couldn't Google you know, anything 26 years ago, you know, and understand you're not alone. Ladies, you're not the only one that's been raped. You're not the only one that's had an abortion. You're not the only one that's lost a child. You're not the only one that's had the crap beat out of you. You're not the only one. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, put your big girl panties on and say, I'm a queen. And I'm going to be that queen. And every day you have that talk. If you looked in my bathroom mirror, you'd see all of my affirmations that I have on my mirror because I'm in the mirror a lot. I can put it on the side of the mirror. I can put it on the, you know, in a book, in a journal and write it out. It's okay to be angry. It was years I was angry because I couldn't have children, you know, but now today, you know, I, I go to Haiti. I have a whole village of babies there. You know, I, I'm a, a, a nanny. You know, I have children that's here, children in Alaska. So, you know, you have to get real. And sometimes you got to get naked and get real with yourself. And then you can start small steps at a time. Don't say, girl, I ain't ever going to do. No, don't ever say you're not going to ever because that enemy is so conniving and so strong. He knows every weakness you have. And he might say, I can't get her on this, but I'll get her on that. Oh, she don't do that anymore, but I know she still likes this. Mine is eating, shopping. <laughs> but understand, get some help. If you can't talk to a family member because they're not going to believe you or you can't trust them, you can't go to your pastor, call me. There's a lot of resources out there. And uh, a lot of times when I share my testimony, especially in the, the, the church uh, arena, uh, it's amazing how people will come and say, you know, are you, they do this here, Tracy. I used to be like you. And I'd say, 
and what was that? You know, I just came from, I just came from, uh, uh, what was I, Illinois? Yeah, Illinois and Indiana. And uh, I gave my testimony. And there were so many people in line to buy my books and to buy my spices and, and just to talk. Can we talk later? You know, and I'm thinking you can't be ashamed. Mm-hmm. You can't be ashamed. Mm-hmm. There's resources out there. There's help out there. Get it. And men, that goes for you also. I know there's men watching, but that goes for you also. So you've got to remember that if you were raped, there was a perpetrator. So mm-hmm. you get saved, sanctified, healed. What about the perpetrator? He's got to carry that around with him all of his life. Mm-hmm. So men, that's for you also. Wow. Woo. I'm like, well, this has been, it's been very, very touching, very motivating, very inspirational. You mentioned just now how if someone does need help or would like help, that they could reach out to you. And then you also mentioned that you have a book and spices and all the other things that you also have available. Could you tell everybody a little bit about some of the resources that you have available that could help others? Okay, you can find me on all of the social media, uh, Office Sugar Trask, Sugar Trask, uh, Sugar Spices is the spice line that the Lord birthed in um, 18 months ago. We had a snowstorm here in the Houston area. People's pipes were busted, electricity was out, it was flooding, it was a disaster. Well, three or four o'clock in the morning for about eight, nine days, the Lord and I was having conversations and that's how Sugar Spices got birth. That's a whole nother program with the conversation that went on to get this bottle here today. And I have uh, six spices flavors. I do have a mild, I have a hot, an extra hot, a hickory, a garlic pepper, oh, it's so good, and a garlic lemon. And it's from everything from apples to zucchini, from catfish to to, uh, salmon, to halibut, to uh, just any seafood shrimp, crawfish, crawfish boils, if you're going to use a boil. The special, what's special about sugar spices is that sugar spices contains no salt, no sodium of any kind, and no sugar, no preservatives, no MSG vegan friendly, heart healthy. Let's make eating healthy taste good again. It's delicious. It's nutritious. It's created by Chef Sugarlicious. And that website is www.sugarspices.com. And email me, sugar at sugarspices.com. Call me, 409 333-9006. And if you go ahead and go to the website, again, that's sugarspices.com. I am, uh, and you purchase uh, uh, an item or you fill out the form. I'm working right now uh, getting an ebook and I'm looking at getting that out really, really fast. So you'll be able to have a recipe that goes with each flavor, but I, 
uh, I'm also going to be having an actual cookbook where there'll be five or six uh, recipes per flavor plus dessert. Dessert, no sugar, no salt, mm. no preservatives, no additives. So these here is two of my books. I've got four of them uh, that's on my ministry website, which is www.scarfree03ministries.com. Scar, like if you cut yourself free, like you're no longer in bondage, 03ministries.com. And uh, the books are on there, but you can also go to Amazon, Shattered Mirror. Hmm. And there's a five series, but right now I only have three, but I have two of the books right here. But God says, write it in fives because that's grace. And so now the one I'm working on now is including COVID, having family member with COVID, uh, my mother and her stroke and things of that nature. So I'm excited about what God is doing and, and where he's taking me next. I, I don't know, but I'm ready. And uh, a lot of the a lot of the blessings that I have, I didn't pray for, I didn't sow a seed for, I didn't think about it, I didn't write it down. And God says, "I just want to do something for you. That's how much I love you." And that's sugar spices. I also have a TV show. I'm in my sixth season. Something good is about to happen variety show. And then I have the cooking show, Cooking with Sugarlicious. And I've been at that. I started on the radio with a cooking show on the radio with a radio station in New Jersey. <laughs> Go figure. I don't know. I don't know. God <laughs> is full of surprises. And so I have 38 cooking shows under Sugar Trask on YouTube, Sugar Trask on YouTube. And so then the next project, well, one of the next projects is uh, Sugar's Entertainment TV, which will have a show in it like uh, QVC, mm -hmm. shopping, but it's gonna be Sugar's Shopping Network. And people, if you know of anyone that has products, merchandise, and they want to get it on a global scale, uh, make money while they're sleeping, <laughs> contact me. And that's 409-789-9631. Awesome. And I just want to thank you for taking your time out because you have so many things going on in the kitchen. I'm saying the kitchen because I know you like cooking. <laughs> a lot of things going on. And I just thank you and I appreciate you for taking the time out to be a part of what's your mess. Because I know that your story is going to help change the lives of many people out there that are listening. So if you had any last words to give our listeners before we... Um, in for the day, what would you like to say to everyone? Well, what I'd like to say is God is good. Even when you're not at your best, God is still good. And you're not at your best, he will take your mess and make a message. 
And I like to let people know that there's hope after dope. There's love and hugs after drugs. So it doesn't matter what stage you are in your recovery. If it's just a thought, well, one day I'm going to just give up cigarette smoking. You know, if it's just a thought, put it down on paper, write it out, keep it close to you and share it with people. The story that you have inside, it's not for you. The messes that you've been through is not for you. So take all that mess, let it out, create a book, a poetry, go open my, do something with it. Because one thing I found out about God, the more you give, the more he gives to you. And you cannot beat God's giving, no matter how hard you try. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. God said, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Do that. God said, well, I'm going to do this. You can say, okay, fine, God. Okay, whatever. And just start saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm not going to quit. I have the victory over this. Satan, you thought you had me. You thought you had me. I'm 68 years old. 31 years of my 68 years was on drugs and alcohol, prostitution and everything else that went along with it. He thought he had me then, but if he couldn't kill me in the womb, he certainly has no authority today because I know who I am. I know whose I am. I know who I belong to. And I know that what God has put inside of me, I'm going to give it to you. And we're going to end with that. And what I like to say at the end is, if you want to be sad, live in the past. If you want to be worried and fearful, live in the future. If you want to be happy, live in the present and be grateful for the things that you have today. This is Tracy D. Armstrong, your motivational mentor for today. Have a good one, y'all.